Hello, and welcome to Better Betting. Here are your hosts, the King of Timonium, Gary Quill, and the ruler of the replays, Eric Rubin. Hey, and welcome to Better Betting. My name is Eric Rubin, and I'm here with my partner, the King of Timonium, Gary Quill. GQ, how be you? Hanging in there, Eric. And you know what? Today was an exciting day in the Empire State. I know you're back among the working stiffs now that summer's over. But Naira introduced a new track. It was really cool. It, it was this brand new track. It's B-A-Q uh, is the abbreviation. And it's cool. It's... um. It kind of looked. It looked like they built it, just like it. It the the paddock looks just like Aqueduct, and it's so they must have did a really good job. So on the graphic, it said Belmont at the Big A. So did they did did Anthony Stabile um, donate some land and they built it in his backyard, or what's going on at, in Naira with this new track back? <laughs> Very exciting. B A Q. I don't know why they had to use BAQ. I mean, I don't really care that much, but yeah, we were talking about it before. I wanted to check it out. I didn't watch today, Thursday, but yeah, we saw the uh, Belmont green. I was very curious what color they were going to go with, with the graphics, but they went with the Belmont green. And I guess the graphic says aqueduct or uh, Belmont at the big A. I, I think I know they get a lot more handle at Belmont than aqueduct and a lot more at Saratoga than Belmont. So I think just by calling it Belmont at Aqueduct, they think they're going to get more handle than if they just call it Aqueduct. So I don't know if that's true or not, but I think that's their logic behind it. The funny thing is I went to watch some replays, and when you scroll back now, at least on Naira Bets, it instead of like Belmont, like if you want to watch a race from like June at Belmont, now it yeah. says Belmont at Aqueduct even then. So I guess they officially changed the name of Aqueduct for a while, and then it'll change back. Or maybe when you're watching a replay from Aqueduct, whatever it is. But I thought that was pretty humorous i guess yeah i commented today on twitter when naira twitter posted oh belmont at the big a and i commented saying this is a disservice to all horse players that the abbreviate track abbreviation is baq so that in your past performances if a horse has a great record at aqueduct it's not going to show because you're going to show the, their record at BAQ. And and someone, I think it was uh, um, Chuck Simon, he commented, he goes, DFR got it right. But since I'm a Brisnet guy, and he, he also said um, Equibase has it wrong. So, and then, so I, I like tag Brisnet. And they're like, oh, we're working on it. So why, why would you have? A separate you know that would be like you know right now they're running at laurel I, i'm sorry they're running at pimlico when they really should be running at laurel so what is, is it lap is, is it going to be lap laurel at pimlico and there's going to be a whole new track that has you know it whatever so that that that's what you missed on twitter today be, be thankful that uh, you were working yeah i'm glad i had a. Uh... 12 hours straight i was going so i'm happy i, I missed all that it sounds so exciting though oh boy i miss those summer twitter days um kentucky Downs wrapped up my atm machine wrapped up i'm a little upset as you probably know because 
this was the least I was able to bet Kentucky Downs um, probably in the last four years or so since I've been seriously betting it. Uh, did well, not to brag. I guess I'll brag a little, but did well as usual, just not as much because I didn't have as much handle as I would have liked. I, I couldn't bet yesterday, Wednesday. The, the card they moved to Tuesday from the weekend. I put in a few bets because I had studied, but I wasn't really able to sit there and bet. And then on Saturday, I had a wedding. So I was, you know, we covered some of the races. So I threw in like a pick five ticket, but I wasn't betting the races. So I, I pretty much missed uh, half the meet. I think another day I couldn't bet. So I, I really bet like three days and with a couple extra bets mixed in. Uh, but, you know, did fairly well. So I'm happy there. But unfortunately, comes to an end. It uh, stinks because Del Mar, Saratoga, and September weren't good to me. But Kentucky, it was very limited betting. But Kentucky Downs was good. I, I I just wish we can have 12 horse fields at some track somewhere. I mean, I know Europe and all maybe, but I don't know. I, I don't know what I'm doing betting Europe. So I just wish those big fields, it's so, and good racing too. It's not just big fields, but I'll take big fields and crappy racing at this point. Uh, it's just so much easier to make money in my opinion. So I know people struggle maybe in Kentucky down some people, but to me, it's like, uh, you know, if I'm struggling in the summer or Saratoga, I'm like, Oh, Kentucky Downs around the corner is coming back. So I'm, um, I'm gonna miss it. I know, I heard, oh, go ahead. No, no, and and it was it was kind of they had some weather issues, so they had some cancellations and reschedule and all that. It kind of screwed you up in a way. So yeah, and I don't know if it was um, Bill Finley on Twitter or uh, the Thoroughbred Daily News. I don't know if he quote broke the story or not, but I don't know if you saw racing in Massachusetts maybe back. Very exciting. Yeah. Yep. Um, town called Hardwick, I believe, which is in Western Mass. Uh, I guess north of Springfield, maybe northeast of Springfield, but north of Springfield. I'm guessing about an hour, maybe 45 minutes to an hour north of Springfield, I think. So if you like the Basketball Hall of Fame, you can do that and then go to Hardwick if it's open. But it's interesting what they uh, in the article, what he wrote is they're planning on doing a Kentucky Down style meet where they're only going to open a couple weekends in September and October. I think it was like four, maybe six days. And it's going to be all turf, which you don't think of when you think of like the old Suffolk Downs. They had a turf course, but they were running mostly in the winter, so it wasn't used that much. Uh, so that'll be interesting. And they have a lot of money left over uh, from the whatever it's called, the Maryland Thoroughbred Horsemen's Association, something like that, because they do get some of the, um, I think, the slot money from one of the harness tracks or something like that. I'm not an expert on that. So I'm looking forward to that. Maybe it can turn into like a Kentucky Downs meet where they have these big purses and they draw big fields and, you know, it's limited, but that would be really, really awesome. It's a tough time of the year for me to bet, but I'll still take it. So hope that works out. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. No, the only thought is that, yeah, um, Massachusetts has, has their act together with their, they approve sports betting. So I'm sure that's going to feed, feed into this as well whereas maryland my maryland they're still dicking around with uh the fact that uh, residents can still not make a wager via an app the politicians are still trying to figure out how much to line their pockets with or they're just waiting for the the um uh republican governor to leave office in january and then when the Democrat uh, gets elected, they can say, oh, look, look at this, all this revenue we're bringing in. Sorry, I, I went off on a tangent. That's there. right. I don't want to get into uh, the politics <laughs> here, but I have a question. Is, it, is, uh... it, 
it's just it's just it's just my frustration behind the fact that this state has had legalized sports wagering for over a year, but yet the only way you can wager is by going to a freaking casino, which the closest one is about a thirty minute drive from me. I, I was saying I don't want to get into politics. I, I'm just curious though that you mentioned it. Is is his uh is there term limits or something or is yeah. he not running again? Yeah. Yeah, oh, in Maryland, because I, I assumed he was popular guy there. Yeah, in Maryland, you can only have two four-year terms, and he served oh, his. See? I learned something today. How do you like that? All right, well, hey, we're all we're all about uh, more knowledge. So yeah, and there was another track that was in the news that you wanted to talk about. Oh uh, yeah, no, we can mention uh, another track. I can't bet anymore. <laughs> I honestly, I don't think I bet it once this year, and. <laughs> I hate watching replays from it. You get vertigo watching replays, but uh, maybe that's why I wasn't feeling well the last week and I've been dizzy and stuff because I was telling GQ before I've been a little under the weather the last week and a half, basically. And uh, I think it's from watching replays from Ellis Park that set me off. But I guess Churchill bought Ellis. So another track that's off the list. Uh, not that I bet it anyway, like I said, but another track that uh, hopefully, well, it's in Kentucky. So they'll keep that one open. Just every other track they'll close. All right. Is there anything else before we get into the uh, uh well oh, I, yes, there is. I, I I want to thank everyone for their interest and their support. Last week I alluded to being a loser survivor and I took the Rams and so they came through, they lost to the Bills. So I survived, which anybody who is, is in any type of survivor pool, they probably it was a bloodbath, you know. Um, but uh so so this week, um I'm going for how about them Cowboys to lose to the Cincinnati Bungles since Dak is on the shelf. I figure get 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 the Cowboys out of the way uh, early. So so again, I'm taking a home team to lose two weeks in a row. You know, treading on or or skating on thin ice. So uh, and and uh, Survivor, I wound up taking who did I? take gosh i forget oh i took the chiefs last week they were one of the few who, who uh actually won um and the survivor that i'm in more more than about actually about two-thirds of the people lost because they all had like the colts and, and all the other teams that that lost so so i'm alive so my winner this week since since the rams were so gracious being my loser last week I'm making them my winner this week. So, so everyone who wished me well and whatever, or if you want to use me as your um, survivor pull tout, um, winner the Rams, loser uh, the Cowboys. All right, we can get into horse racing. Now. All right, you, you did well last <laughs> week. You, you get like three, four weeks in a row, then we'll start really getting excited here. Anyway, tune in next week. You can see who GQ thinks is going to lose. We're going to cover some raids at Woodbine. In fact, uh, I feel bad because I was uh, very busy, like I said, this week. And on Wednesday, I was uh, communicating back and forth with GQ. And we just said, you know what? Yeah, Woodbine's got some big races, but Aqueduct had a couple of graded stakes. And uh, I, I prefer New York racing anyway. And I think we get more listeners when we cover like the bigger tracks. Not that Woodbine's not big, but we generally get more when we do like a New York track than any other track, unless it's a Breeders' Cup or um the uh derby or one of the derby prep so anyway i said all right we'll do aqueduct that's before the card came out 
So I was busy. I couldn't check my phone at like 7.30 or 8 o'clock at night and the card had come out. And poor old GQ already printed and spent a couple hours on it. And when I got home and I printed the PPs, I started looking. I'm like, oh my God, the late pick five. This is one of the worst late pick fives I've seen. There's like six, seven horses a race. And there's two horses. The morning line wasn't out. I didn't look what they are, but they're going to be like one to five, two to five. And they look tough. I didn't want to try and beat them. So it is awful. And Woodbine actually has a nice card, at least a late part. I think the whole card is pretty good. Although I didn't look early, I admit. Just size-wise, I thought I saw it was good. So you get a lot of grade ones. My only, I, I really like betting Woodbine. My two beefs with Woodbine are the 20-cent bet I can't stand. Uh, that's one beef. And the other beef is the takeout is kind of high. So you got to bear with the high takeout. I want to say it's like 24 or 23% for the pick five and um, I'm not even sure the pick four, it might even be a little lower or the same. So high takeout. I don't love, I don't love the 20 cent bets, but once in a while, you know, if I like the card, I don't mind betting. Uh, it's just not a track. I bet more because of that. If it was lower takeout, I probably wouldn't mind closely. So we're going to cover, I guess it's called the late pick five. It's not the last five races. Actually, it starts in race seven, which is weird because the jackpot pick six, which if you bet it, you're not allowed to listen to the show. Uh, the jackpot pick six starts in race seven, also kind of weird, but they want to get all the stakes in. I think they could have changed the card around, but maybe they have TV obligations. So we begin the, we'll call it the late pick five, the all stakes pick five, or it's not all stakes, but whatever it is. Race seven at Woodbine, the summer grade one, the Patterson summer, it's a mile on the turf course. And I promised last week for all you millions of people listening and who remembered, we're going to talk a lot of betting this week, more so than the handicapping. So we'll do the handicapping quickly. And to lead the handicapping, GQ uh, took some time and he said he was trying to be uh, like Craig Milkowski here in time form and judge pace. So you don't need the time form pace projector. You have the GQ pace projector. So GQ because, you know, I don't really care about pace that much as far as like anticipating, because I think it's almost impossible in some cases. Tell us what you see for race seven, and then we'll get into a couple of horses, and then we'll talk about betting, because race seven is a race I plan on betting. All right, so race seven only has seven runners, but it, the, the pace uh, should be pretty evenly spaced. I see uh, two horses, the two-horse 94 Expos, and the four-horse uh Chisler as the early speed, followed by uh, three, a trio of ta tactical speed who can just, uh, uh, you know, stalk the, the those two speed horses. The one, Mysterious Knight, the three, Appraised, and the seven, Stay On or Good Side. And then the last two are the closers, the five, Sammy Stone, along with the six. Philip, my dear. So there's there's like no loan speed. There's you know uh, it, it, it's an even even group of seven. So there really isn't any from where I see any benefit uh, of uh, pace in here. All right. So as far as the quick handicapping job, the one is the favorite at six to five. Mysterious night in race seven, and I watched that race two back at Goodwood on July twenty sixth. Wow, what a race this horse ran with William Buick. Uh, three wide, up, made an early move into a really sharp pace that collapsed. An 18 to, a 14 to 1 shot came from dead last and won the race. It set up for closers, and this horse, in a group two, 
held third despite the pace and the wide trip. So I thought that was a bang-up race. The race after that at Deauville, I believe it's pronounced right, August 14th in France, that race was not as impressive to me. I mean, did what he had to do in a group three. Um, won the race by about a half a length, you know, somewhat comfortably. I just, that race, two back, was, was outstanding in a group two. So uh, to me, the one is going to be very tough here. I hate to give out chalk. Uh, but there's a couple other horses that interest me. So I'll, I'll very briefly mention them. Then we'll let GQ jump in and then talk about the betting aspect. The two horse who GQ mentioned with the pace, 94 Expos, which uh, if you remember GQ, anything special about the 94 Expos? I hope I'm right. I didn't look it up. I'm just going off memory. Was was that um, Pedro, uh, Pedro Martinez? I believe he was a young player no? on the team. They might have even had uh, Ramon Martinez too, if that's the other oh. guy, but. Vladimir Guerrero might have been on the team, Delano de Shields, but what, that what's was, unique about that, it? That wasn't no, I remember there was a strike year. Yep. Was that the strike year where they had the best record in baseball but didn't win either uh uh either side of the, the split season? Well, I think they I could be wrong. I didn't look it up, so don't get on me out there, but I think that was the year right. They had the great record, Larry Walker, all those, and then they just ended the season. There was no World Series, if I remember correctly. Oh, did they oh, have okay. a World Series? I think they didn't. Oh, I'm not gosh. sure, but maybe. Anyway, maybe we'll look it up as uh, as we go. But not to get off on a tangent. So as I talk, GQ looks like he's I figured, looking up. No, I, I, no, I figured there's something special about the '94 Expos, but I didn't know off the. Well, they were very good, regardless of what happened. Uh, anyway, '94 Expos stock dueled a three to one shot last time. Who came in seventh? A lot of them are coming out of that sore free race, and I thought it benefited closers. So the fact that this horse was up on the pace, I thought that um, was an impressive race. Now he's got to go further, but he also could be the main speed here. Uh, so I, I thought his last race was a lot better than it looks and arguably the best of anyone in that field, uh, even though he came in fifth by a length and three quarters. And the other horse, Sammy Stone, the five at 20 to one. Now, his first race was very impressive. He got squeezed at the start and then stumbled terribly. Spotted the field about five lengths. Did have a pretty good setup, but still, that start was bad, and he came rolling late. I don't know. This is on the turf, and it's longer, but out of Oscar Performance, who is a great turf horse, who's out of Kitten's Joy uh, with a Medaglia Doro uh, dam. I w- I'm not a breeding expert like uh, GQ is over there, but I'm pretty sure that screams turf to me. Uh, and I thought that first race was outstanding so uh even though it's a maiden i I like the two and five here and then there's one long shot chiseler who i don't love but for the price i might use at 12 to 1 for barbara mitchell just had a wide trip and you can argue came out of that sore free race that i mentioned a lot of them are coming out of you can argue not only wide trip but uh made an early move into the pace there perhaps and uh pace that didn't hold together so uh, i i think the one's gonna be very tough the other horses i i thought were the two 94 expos the five sammy stone and a little bit chisler the four and i'll let gq talk and then i'll talk about how i would bet the race gq Gosh, i'm in trouble because the horse i like is that three appraised so i, I have a feeling you're gonna say the horse had in all his own way and didn't beat much or whatever because the reason why I'm kind of gravitating this was no, not Chad Brown necessarily, but the fact that Manny Franco comes to the Great White North for four mounts. He's got four mounts on the card. And this is the only horse that he's ridden 
Um, on the other, he's he has some mounts for Grand Motion, where he rid he he rode one horse like a year ago or whatever. But this horse, I have to think, is the reason why he made the trip up to Woodbine. So that's why I'm gravitating to the three appraised. Now you're going to tell me you watched the replays and the horse had him all his own way. And... Uh, first, <laughs> first race was a perfect trip, so I'm sure I bet against him the next time. I don't remember the race specifically. I kind of remember Oxymore, but uh, no, I mean, listen, last race, I didn't think there was an excuse. It wasn't much of an effect, that light bump. He can win as Chad Brown, but I don't want to short price the horse. I thought his lone win, he got a perfect trip against Maiden, so um I mean, horses have been coming out of his races to win. People like that. It's Chad Brown. He can definitely win. I just, I don't care for the horse at a short price, a relatively short price. Uh, did you want to say anything else or should I talk about the betting and move on? Yeah. Um, just, just one more thing. I think it's funny that uh, you, you rarely see this high of a win percentage for more than two races with a jockey trainer stat. All right. So in the past year, when William Buick has ridden a Charlie Appleby horse in North America, he's only done it six times. He's won five of those times. So he's got a, his win percentage is 83%. <laughs> and he's only about six to five years. So. Yeah. Well, I said he's going to be tough here, I think. You know, it's a two year old shipping over. Who knows? So as far as betting, so I really like the, the one, I think it's very good. And the two five are both double digits, 15 to one and 20 to one, assuming that's what they are. Now, again, during the day, I'll see if the two goes off five to one, things change. But let's just say the morning line is somewhat accurate. I would actually box them in an exact all three and in a triple because even though I think the one's going to win, I'm going to end up keying him mostly. If it does come in two five, huge prices, I, I want to have that. So I got to have it for at least a few bucks. And you don't have to be a big better. It could be a dollar box, $2 box, just to have it in case it comes in. Uh, so that's the first thing I would do. Box the three of them. Again, it could be 50 cents try and a dollar exact. And don't listen to me on my horses out there. If you don't like who I like or whatever, don't just box because I said, I'm just saying how I would approach a race where I like two long shots, big long shots, and then the, the favorite. So I'm boxing three of them. Then I'm going to key the one mostly on top. So I'll do one with the two five exactas for, you know, whatever, depending on your budget. Maybe I'll do $10, maybe I'll do 15, maybe I'll do four. I, I don't know. I tend to do a little more if I like it. So do one over the two five um, in exactas. I'll do one over the two five in triples. I also haven't boxed a little. I said that triple, but I'll do mostly one over the two five. And then I'll throw in the four in triples also. So I'll mostly have one with two five in triples, a little box, but most of that. And I'll have a little bit one with two, four, five, because they're all prices. Uh, I might move the one to second just because I have the prices. Uh, so I might do a little with him in second, but I'll do mostly with the one on top because I do think this horse is going to win uh, at about even money if that's what he is. So that's what I'm looking at. If I bet superfectas, I would probably key the one on top, even though he is the chalk, uh, use two five for second. I might mix that up and do two five first and one second in some of them. Uh, or I might even do one two five with one two five if it's not that expensive. I got to look at it and then throw a few more horses in, like the four for third and then throw a few more uh, for fourth here. The six horse is two to one. He could win. He's fine. I just thought he had a pretty good um, setup last time and trip. So I, uh, he did lose a little momentum earlier, I think I wrote, but uh, you know, I'm mostly against the six. He, he's fine but I'd rather go for the prices. So that's kind of how I would attack this race uh, in general. Now, if I didn't like the one that much more than the two five, 
I would just be like, screw it. I'm just going to use my prices and go two five and, and forget about the one for the most part. But I do think the one's going to be really tough. So while I'll have some two five, uh, I'm mostly going to have a one over the two five. Okay. Um, and vertically, I'm not, uh, horizontally, I'm not really going to bet this race because I do like chalk next race. So I'm definitely not doing the one. Maybe I'll use two five and doubles and pick threes and try and beat the one in some small doubles and pick threes. But it's not a horse I want to try and beat too much the one because, like I said, that race two back blows this field away. GQ, anything else? Or do you want to move on? No, we can move on. All right. So we'll go to race eight, the Seaway, a grade three, seven furlongs on the synthetic. I was blanking. It's not polytrack. I think it's the PETA, right? I don't even remember. I'm pretty sure it's the PETA. Uh, I believe it's PETA, yes. All or right. weather. The Lint, as one of my friends likes to call it, the Lint. In this race, uh, GQ, I'll let you do your right. pace projection. So here's yeah. GQ pace projections. Wait, hold on. Sure. Let everyone get a pen because they're all going to want to write yes. it down. Yes, you definitely want to write it down because right. as you watch these races unfold, you're going to say, damn it, GQ, he knows his pace. Sorry, time form. <laughs> I think they have their pens. <laughs> I think you're good. <laughs> okay. All right. So the early pace – it's weird. Originally, I just came up with one horse that I thought could just be lone on the lead, but then I started to evaluate. So the horse that I thought could possibly be the lone speed is the eight horse Dreaming of Drew, five one morning line. And then the more I looked, I'm like, well, let's see, uh, the five horse Super Sensational has uh, uh, does have some early pace numbers as well. But, you know, this is seven furlongs. Um, so coming off of those uh, five and a half, uh, six and a half furlong dirt sprints, um, I I believe that horses that show speed on either dirt or synthetic don't necessarily show speed on turf. So if you have to be careful when horses change surfaces like that, when you're just looking at uh, races on turf and then they're changing the dirt. I think it's there are two different surfaces and horses come out of the gate and uh, can either uh, get early speed. So that's why I'm given super sensational the uh, potential uh, for early speed, uh, uh, as well as the nine horse lady Spitesphere, who is coming off two turn races and uh, cuts back to seven furlongs. Last time uh, she ran seven furlongs was close to a year ago showed uh, early speed so potential for three front runners a t uh, four or five tactical speeds the one horse uh, beyond my budget the two uh me emma emma line emma line you think uh the four horse uh hey bobby the six the grass is blue and the uh so those four are kind of the stalkers. I got one uh, mid-pack type of uh, plotter in there uh, is the seven, Hazelbrook. And then we got two closers, the three, Mizuna, and the 10 horse. Uh, who is the 10 horse? Golden Vision. So the potential for loan speed, but uh, depending on uh, if the jacks read the form, uh, the the chalk might uh, they you know isn't Spitesphere and Super Sensational one two uh, morning line choices yeah 
you know, they they might feel that they have enough force that they don't need to press uh, early pace with the eight. So that's the way I see the race unfold. So you don't think it's going to be a blazing pace? Is that basically what you're no, saying? Correct. Okay, that helps as much as where horses might be. What you think? Um, there's a race where just handicapping wise, I I don't see past the two favorites here. I wish I did. Um, you know, I I should just come on and like pick long shots. And we both pick moms, and we can brag when you know one of them hits because we have like four different horses mentioned. But I don't like doing that. I, I'm just uh, the five super sensational three to one. The nine lady spite spear to me they kind of stand out here. Now as far as betting a race, when I like the two favorites and I don't really care for anyone else, it's not a race I want to bet. So vertically, I'm not. even though I think one of those two is winning, I'm not touching it. As far as horizontally, like in a pick five, it really depends on the other legs. Uh, you know, our uh, our old friend, uh, not to call him old, but uh, oh, he's older than me, so I can call him old, but ITP of Twitter fame inside the pylons, he would say, you know, it's, it's not a good idea to use two horses, especially two chalks uh, in a race. If I'm singling a, a bomb in another race or a long shot, and I know one of these two are winning. Listen, I'm going to use the two of them here, the five and nine, if I have a single that's a price, which I kind of do, I think. Um, the other thing is I, I when you have two favorites and you like them in a pick five, it really is, again, unless you're like bombs away everywhere else, it's not a bad idea to just pick one of them. So this is the second race. So if I'm not bombs away elsewhere, what I might do is just look at the um, double probables. I know people don't like to look at Will Pays and probables. It's a lot of work to, uh, you know, look, I know and figure out, oh, my horse is going to take late money because it's the second choice of the double. It's not going to be eight to one. Uh, I know that's too much work for people. But uh, in this case, I would look at the probable doubles. And if the five super sensational and the nine lady spite spear, if one of them is like a much bigger price than the other, I would just use the bigger price because I, I, I can't split them. I don't want to talk too much about the handicap, but two sensationals run really well. Two back at Woodbine, the Royal North. I really liked him. There was a sharp pace in that race. It was on the turf, though. Then he came back in that caress, which was painful because that was a race. I mean, ten, I forgot the exact amount, but that was the day we covered the races. I had that 18 to 1 single and this and that. And that's the one race where Robin Sparkles got away because Caravelle broke bad. And Super Sensational just got up after the wire if he wins. Uh, she wins. I'm I'm rich. It really killed me to watch the replay again. But she went really well that race. Uh, not a bad trip or anything. Was fine going by at the wire, but ran well against grade three, grade two competition. And has run well on the synthetic. In fact, it's two for two. It would mind including a $100,000 stakes race as a three-year-old last year. So she shouldn't handle the horse and looks tough. But Lady Spice Bear has been very good. She uh, won a grade two going away last year at Woodbine. Uh, same distance and furlongs on the synthetic. And then uh, ran really well last time. To win easily, I mean, only one by length or so, but one easy could have won by more. I guess Lady Spice Bear is carrying five more pounds than Super Sensational. I'm not a big weight guy. Maybe that leads me to Super Sensational. I think Super Sensational is a little faster, which might give her the jump, but I can't really separate the two of them. So to me, it's one of them is going to win. I'm not betting the race vertically, and I spoke already about how I do it in a pick five kind of sequence. GQ, you want to say anything about the race here? Yeah, so so putting your opinion aside, if you if someone else out there feels that they have another horse outside of those two that they like, what would your betting suggestion be to them? Well, it depends. Do they like the top two and they just happen to have a third horse also, or do they not like well, no, the top two? No, they, they, they found an excuse for, you know, one of the like like my my horse say say I you know not much of a prize but it's five to one was he third or fourth choice five <laughs> to one the eight horse you know but if I think he can 
possibly just go gate the wire, uh, as we were talking off air, uh, a bet I made earlier today, you suggested I should just put the higher price horse on top with the lower prices in the exacto, not not boxing the three. Right. What GQ is saying is today in Delaware, he was looking at a race where he liked an eight to one shot uh, and two two to one shots. He he liked those three horses. So he was going to box all three of them in an exact. And I said, what do you need two to one with two to one? I mean, you got to hit that like 50, 60 percent of the time to make money because you're, you're betting twelve dollars to win 20 bucks. You got to hit over 50 percent of that. It's much better in that situation if you have the one price horse, just key the price horse. So instead of betting two to one, two to one, eight to one in a three horse box, just key the eight to one. Do the eight to one with the other two if you like them both. Uh, or if you can pick one of them, just pick one of them and bet you know, the eight to one with one of the two to ones. And you, or instead of th- uh, $2 box with three horses, which costs 12 bucks, if you do the eight to one with just one of the other horses, you can do a $6 exacto box for the same price. Or you can do the long shot with the other two in an exacta box, key the long shot. So at least you have a $3 exacta uh, with that. So, but in this case, you're talking about chalk, chalk, and then the third chalk. So you're talking about the three chalks. I just wouldn't bet it personally, if, that okay. was what, if that's what I liked, unless I thought the eight was going to win. And then I, I, you know, but if you thought the five and nine were tough and you didn't see anyone else to use, I'd probably just bet either the eight to win, key the eight in horizontals, like pick threes, doubles or whatever. Or maybe just put the eight on top of the others. I I mean, you could do eight with five, eight with nine, and box those two. But you're talking the three favorites. It's not like you're getting a price. So, yeah, if the eight comes in, it'll be a little bit. But um, that that's how I'd handle that. If, if I like the top three choices, I'm just passing on the race personally, though. All right. Yeah. You, you want to mention anything else about the race? Or that, that, Yeah, that's what I wanted you to share with uh, the listeners. All right. That, and that strategy. Yeah. And, so we're done with okay. this race. Yeah. I was just going to say real quick, the, the horses that I was looking at, you know, if you're someone who doesn't like the favorites or is looking underneath, um, I, I couldn't separate the one seven, eight, ten, the one beyond my budget. I thought it ran pretty well last time. In fact, a lot of them are coming out of the same race. The seven won that race. I thought the seven had pretty good trips the last couple of races. Hazelbrook, the one beyond um, my budget came out of nowhere to run a really good race off a layoff too. So um, if you think that race was legit, should set forward off a layout, but would have to run his best, her best race as a five-year-old. So I don't know. Seven, I said, Hazelbrook, let's run fine. You mentioned the eight horse already. Um, you know, wasn't like that fast of a pace that um, he was on, but I just thought the nine totally outran the the eight because uh, they had similar trips. So he's not terrible. Only finished a length or two behind, but I don't know. And then the 10 would be a, a price horse. If you think there's going to be a pace, GQ mentioned Golden Vision, the 10 is a close. They ran okay last time against these. Can they all come in the same race? And they all ran about the same. I just think the top two are better. All right, so now we can go on to race nine, the Woodmine Mile. Always a major, major race. It's a grade one. Yeah. It's a mile on the turf. You got some... Big names here. You got Mighty Heart, the one-eyed wonder who uh, I'm in love with because won the Queen's Plate for me. And with Belichick, he had a huge exacto triple, whatever it is. I think Clayton was the other horse. He's not even on the uh, PPs, I think, anymore. <laughs> that was a good weekend for me. That was the weekend I hit big at Kentucky Downs, and I had a, a big one at Woodbine. So you remember those big scores. Ivar, of course, the two. Wakanaka, modern games of Reader's Cup fame. That's the horse who, if you remember, was accidentally scratched in the Breeders' Cup that last race of the day for the two-year-olds on that Friday and then ran and won. But if you 
bet the one in the pick five or pick four, you got stuck with a crappy Danny Gargan uh, post-time favorite. I don't know how that horse was favored, and who ran like fifth or sixth or something like that, and you lost even though you won, which really sucked. Yeah, Sheryl Spite, who I don't know there's a claim to fame, but I remember I singled Sheryl Spite April 15th, winning the Maker's Mark Mile, and the uniqueness about that race was 50 to one morning line. <laughs> Talk about a bad morning line. 50 to one morning line on Cheryl Spite that day. Went on nine to one. So not a good morning line. So you got a lot of famous horses. There's some other ones uh, in here as well. Get smoking. I'll get in trouble from our friends at Quigley's if I don't mention get smoking the eight horse. I don't have a strong feel for this race. So let's go to the pace projector GQ to see how he Ooh. sees it. And then I'll talk about what I'm, uh, what I'm looking at here. All right, we have a field of 11, and, and I see a quartet uh, going to the lead or setting a, a nice pace. Uh, your your girlfriend, or girlfriend, your 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 heart throb, the one-eyed wonder, mighty heart from the rail uh, is, is one of those four. And then we go to the four horse, finest sound, and then toward the outside, the eight get smoking and then finally the uh, 10 horse town cruise who is the defending champ who went gate the wire last year in this exact race so i see those four as uh setting a uh, quick pace which will benefit modern games who should be uh in the great stalking position on the outside of a rank long shot the uh the nine horse uh twenty to one war bomber. Now everybody's gonna say, How can you say that horse doesn't have speed? He went gate the wire last time. Well, yeah, but that was on synthetic. And if you look back at his turf races, he didn't show early speed in his turf races. So that's what I alluded to earlier. Uh horses on dirt and synthetic that show early speed don't necessarily Early have that early foot one as part of this uh, early pace. Um, I have one lone filly in the race, and that's uh, the three Wakanaka, who is uh, a mid pack type of runner. Uh, she she won't be bothered uh, by anybody else because uh, she'll be all in the middle by herself. And then we have four closers: the two horse Ivar, the six horse Cheryl Spike, the seven horse homer screen and then finally the outside 11 march to the arch they're your closer so that's i project a pace that is set up for modern games uh nicely all right i have a, a question for you here sure. um i uh -huh. guess it's like a science question i don't even know what it would count as technology you're an it guy so you keep cutting out for like a second and a half or two seconds at a time Yet when you talk, it doesn't skip what you say. So there's like a, a two-second pause, but then your sentence continues. So unless oh. you're stopping talking, it's picking up what you said, but then you're already two seconds ahead. That's happened about five times or ten times, which means somehow you're like 50 seconds into the future. How is that even possible? It, it's it, it's my own – you know how on TV – they had the seven second delay in case of cuss words so that's my own delay you know i'm saying it keeps going like seven sure seconds all seven the seconds. cuss words come across but it keeps adding so somehow <laughs> no, you're I, like a minute ahead of me and I we're having a conversation i don't get that 
this is very very strange to me I'm, I, all, I, I don't even know was, what you said I about the pace because that's all I can when... think about <laughs> <laughs> I think you said it's a hot pace I, I, it, it should be uh, a rather quick pace because there's four of them who would like to be on or near the lead uh, and I said that uh, it sets up nicely for uh, stalker like uh, modern game all right, well, that's good because the speed I don't have any of the speeds here. So I guess handicap wise, you got to decide what you want to do with modern games. This is a horse who won the Breeders' Cup uh, Juvenile Turf. Now, I don't know how, I guess it, I mean, you can't say it was a bad field. I mean, Tins the Bomb really hasn't come back and done a ton. I don't think it's a three year old. So, and I thought this horse had a really good trip that day, but you know, still one was impressive. Came back off the layoff, had a few races, and then the last. If it wasn't in the last race, I'd be like, I'm playing against this horse. But coming second to Baid, if that's how you pronounce it, who's the Monsters, what, like 10 in a row or something like that, came back to win a big race again, all, you know, group mm -hmm. one. So coming in second to Baid, he's, Modern Games <laughs> is probably just better than these. Um, the other horses that I like, I mean, Ivar, I like. He always needs a race off the layoff. And he won last time, but with a perfect setup. Like, it was a, a hot pace. If you remember that race, Ivar comes out of it in the Indiana, Horseshoe, whatever. Uh, some like in Hot Brown and Gray's Fable uh, really had a massive duel that race and set it up for Ivar. I don't think Ivar was almost supposed to win, if that makes sense, meaning I don't think he was like fully cranked or ready, but the pace just, you know, not that it collapsed because some like in Hot Brown hung around, but he just had the perfect setup. So he won despite maybe not being ready. So I think he's going to improve a lot here, and there's a lot of pace. So he's the most likely upsetter of modern games. Wakanaka, the three I didn't like. Two back in the Just the Game. That was a race where. In Italian, got in a crazy pace up front, and Wakanaka just benefited from it and kind of sucked up for a second. If you remember, in Italian, we talked about on the show we loved the next time yeah. we won it yeah. six to one yes. or eight to one in a small field. Um, and I didn't like Wakanaka out of there. And I actually was up at Woodbine, I think, when Wakanaka ran, and I didn't like him. And I think I got lucky because was that the day I hit a pick five? Whatever it was, I scratched into Wakanaka. I don't know if that was the same day, but I scratched into him because whoever I bet. Was maybe a silent poet was in the race, was a late scratch. And uh, Wakanaka, uh, as a result, was the favorite that I scratched into. And it helped me, which is still a stupid rule, even though it helped me. It just seems like an improvement. Ram, well, I don't know if, you know, this race is much tougher, though, but should get a good setup with the pace here. It's not impossible. Shoal Spider, I love that day. Keeneland hasn't really done a ton since, but was going too long in the Turf Classic back grade one uh, on that crazy Churchill course, May 7th. Then ran on the dirt. I'll just toss that race. And then last time really didn't do much um, in the Canuck uh, Cup. Uh, really didn't run that well, I didn't think. Was three wide, but and not a ton of pace. But I, I don't know. But still has a chance here. And then the seven homer screen is a nice closer who's had some uh, trips that you can talk about. Got squeezed at the start, two back. Lost about two lengths and three wide. Then last race was three wide uh, the whole way around two turns. And even though it looks like a fast pace, if you look at the the uh, pace the numbers 46, 110. It really wasn't necessarily that fast. It was just like an even pace race, meaning it didn't benefit anyone. Uh, anyone could have won from anywhere. So, uh, I upgraded his last two races, the seven homer screen. I just don't know if he's good enough against these here. So, uh, modern games is tough. Ibar is probably the, the main one with a chance to beat him, but the three, six, seven are, are horses I'd love to use. So, I'm going to have to decide in the pick five. Do I want to? Like single modern games at a short price, which I really don't want to use, or single. Do I want a single Ivar at a short price, or do I just want to say, hey, I'm going to spread a little bit, 
I already have a couple favorites. Let me see what I can do here and, and try and beat modern games. I, I haven't decided what to do totally. I'm leaning towards trying to beat him. What I might do, which I don't like to do, is like the ABC thing where I'm betting two tickets or, or whatever. Usually I don't like to bet against myself, but you know, maybe with modern games uh, on one ticket, I'll have only long shots like earlier and try and beat. Uh, maybe I'll pick one of those two favorites from race uh, eight. So I could do that or long shots later. Uh, I don't know if I want to use Ivar, Wakanaka, Modern Games, Shawl Spite, and Homer Screen. But those are the five I'm debating between. It's not a race I want to bet vertically because Modern Games is probably going to be tough, although I'm okay trying to beat him a little bit, but it's going to be tough. And I do like Ivar a, a good amount, but he's a second choice, so it's not like I'm getting a great price. So I, I, I don't really love this race. And it depends what I do in the other legs. And I'll talk about that when I get to the next race in the pick five, race 10, which I really like that race. So I'm betting race seven. I'm not going to bet race eight. I'm not going to bet race nine other than in uh, pick five, probably. GQ, you want to add anything or say anything? Yeah, I'll add in. I I, I kind of like, like the way the race sets up, unfortunately, for the chalk modern games. And you alluded to how he ran second behind the monster, um, Baid. I'll throw out a, a price horse that, that I, I kind of couldn't give some excuses. The horse all the way on the outside, the 11 march to the arch. Seems like every year, the seven-year-old, he he runs in this race. He's yet to win. It ran second two years ago, ran fourth by three and a quarter. And, I mean, this is his third race off of a, a long layoff. Ran in two uh, grade twos, ran second. When he was steadied two times at the five eights, uh, behind the horse that he ran behind, further behind, but um, that was a six horse race. He's 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 a dead closer, and um, there just wasn't any pace uh in, in that uh race. So I think the fact that uh, and again, here's here's races where there's no Lasix allowed, so you got to look at. The, the races these horses run when they run on Lasix, if there's a difference. And uh, going back to last year, the three races in a row where he raced without Lasix, on the surface, it looks like, yeah, he just doesn't have it. But still finished uh, fourth by three and a quarter to town. Well, who's in this race? And then in a grade one at Gulfstream, you know, he, he had some issues. And at, when he was 37 to 1, and he lost by less than five, run 11. So that's why if I'm getting 12 to 1 on him, I'm going to give him a look and see how he looks. Well, in your favor, that word by mile last year, if you look, you got, I didn't, well, I'm sorry. See, you cut out again, so I thought you were done. Um, in the one by mile last year, he did get steadied uh, in the stretch, I guess, or whatever that says, or start, I can't tell. Uh, and if you remember the other horse you mentioned, Town Cruz kind of had an easy lead, so he probably ran pretty well. But this is a much tougher edition of that race. Uh, and then last race you mentioned there was not much pace, but there was a big duel up front, which I think helped him. So despite the time not looking that fast, uh, looks okay. Uh, I actually don't think there was much. Uh, I thought there was a decent pace in that race uh, okay. last time. So I wouldn't talk anyone off the eleven if you like him, go for it. I you know it's not for me, but you know go for it. Uh, all right, you want to move on or? Yeah, let's move on. All right, so another way I like kind of race seven. Now I like race. Um, oh, I skipped a race, right? Race ten, we're up to. 
Yep. Yes. All right. Scroll too many. The Natalma grade one. This is the two-year-old Phillies now going a mile on the turf. And I really like this race. Uh, I'm a little worried about my price because uh, I think the horse I like is going to take more money than the morning line showing. I hope not. Maybe mm. not, though. So is GQ. Sure. But I before I get into my pace projection, is the horse you like six the one morning line? Uh perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> well then you're you might be in trouble. Uh oh. Well, I have two words I like, but <laughs> go ahead. Tell us your pace. And if you want to speak about right, the words so, before I do, so you can, you know, talk and not me. Go right. ahead. So so uh I came up with two, possibly three early early pace horses. Uh, two two um on the inside. I think the fact that uh uh Cairo consort who came a little bit off the pace last time since he's on the rail or she's on the rail um, is going to have to be in a good position. Otherwise the two two will come out and take the rail away from her. So uh, there could be some early pace pressure between the one and the two, possibly all the way to the outside the eight as well. Um, it's weird. Cassie has two horses in this race. He has the five Adora and this eight horse uh, Star Candy. And I'm even though they're owned by different owners, I'm trying to figure out if he's going to use this eight horse to try to soften up the pace uh, or, or make sure the pace is uh, a, a good, quick pace because uh, Patrick Husbands rode both of Cassie's horses and he and he takes uh you know on if you go by the morning line uh, the better horse is the five of four so i'm thinking possibly the eight is part of the pace as well after that we have a trio who can stalk that would be the four last call the five adora and then the seven uh courtly rue or row uh and then we have two closers the three horse G Laurie, and then the six Wickenheiser. So not not lone speed, not uh, you know, not a ton, ton of pace. So probably uh, should be the best horse who gets the best trip uh, is the winner. So tell us your prognostication. Well, let me ask you uh, one more question here. Uh, okay. One of the big things is, except for the three horse G Laurie. All these horses are trying a mile for the first time. They're stretching out. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you thought about it or looked at it, but is there anyone, because uh, again, you're more into the breeding aspects or anyone yes. who the distance based on how yes. they run or the breeding, whatever you want to look at. Well, if, if, if you're looking specifically at the breeding, actually the two Cassie horses have the best distant uh, breeding for this distance of, of one mile. That would be the five, Adora and the eight um, star candy, they both are equivalent as far as uh, being able to get this one mile distance. All the other horses are a little light on um, the distance. I mean, not grossly that much lighter, but if just on raw breeding, I think those two are the ones who should have no problem getting the distance. Well, I, I hope you're right because I think Mark Cassie is winning this race. Um, and the 
courses he has are really the only two I want to use. So the five, Adora, six to one morning line. I'm just worried because you like the horse. Yeah. I looked at um, Doug McPherson, who's been on the show a lot, who's an outstanding handicapper. He puts out the handicapping journal or handicappers journal up at Woodbine on their website if you want to check it out. The five, Adora, is his best bet. So I'm like, I mean, that's good because I respect his opinion, but it's bad as far as prices. Not that people are going to look at him and bet it because of that. But if he likes it, I like it a lot. You like the five a lot. Uh, then she has a good chance of taking a lot more money and then six to one. But I hope not. But that's the horse I like the most. He's a horse who last race ran in the catch a glimpse stakes, which the one, Cairo Consort, the two, collecting flatter, the six, Wickenheiser, are also out of. So the one, two, five, six, all in the same race. And in that race, the five horse, the jockey, Patrick Husbands, kind of lunged up at the start. The horse didn't lunge, but the jockey kind of lunged and got off to a slow start. Then got squeezed uh, on the back stretch and lost about one or two lengths plus momentum. Had a three wide trip. I just thought that was kind of I don't want to say disastrous trip, but really tough trip to overcome. And still came running late for second. Uh, I didn't think the pace was uh, crazy hot or anything like that to set up for a closer. So I, I just thought that the five horse probably ran the best race of the the four of them here by a significant margin. Even though Cairo Consort won the race, Cairo Consort the one got. Like a perfect trip, just save ground. Uh, I mean, he, now listen, she won easy. She, you know, she she was two lengths and edging away. It was like the easiest win uh, uh, ever. But this save ground, a great trip where the five had a really bad trip. And the five is a little lightly raced and probably, I should say, probably more upside, but to me, a little more upside. I actually like Cairo Consort, the ones race two back July 23rd, more than uh, the maiden win. I like that more because she was really pressured and the pace kind of collapsed, except for her a little bit. Uh, I thought that race might have been better than her stakes win. So I don't know how much better she's necessarily getting right away uh, where Adora is getting better. My fear is with the trainer of the one being, a, I don't want to say no-name trainer, but a low-profile trainer. I just don't know if the one's going to take that much money. I hope people just see the buyer, see the two wins in a row by open lens, and they bet the one because I am not betting the one. Not that the one can't win, but I'm not betting the one uh, two-to-one rate and close. So I like the five. And the other horse I'll mention, I said, is the other Cassie, the eight. Star Candy, yeah, only ran the maiden race, didn't even win, so it's still a maiden, but chased three wide. Pace wasn't anything crazy. It was like an average pace, but I thought ran uh, better than the winner, Courtney Rowe, who uh, won that race. Courtney Rowe also had experience, so I don't want to talk you off of seven at 10 to one, but I thought Star Candy ran uh, probably the best race of anyone there. Yeah, it was a maiden race. We'll see you know, if she's any good, but horses can really improve in their second start. That's probably like the biggest jump up from start one to start two for most horses. Uh, so I, I just think the eight has a chance here. I think the five is better. As far as the pick five goes, oh, let, before I talk about betting, is there anyone you want to mention or talk about? No, th this is the one race that I just gravitated only on the five horse. So that's why I said you're in trouble. All right. Well, the five, <laughs> you know, you, you know, me, I've, I've changed my, my, a call name in my pick'em pool that I'm in from horse racing nut to Georgie Seconditis. <laughs> George as in Costanza and Seconditis as in, you know, always running second. So that's oh, why I said the five for second uh, in exactives and stuff. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so I have decided if I want to single the five or throw in the eight star candy also. When you have a 12 to one shot, you like a little bit. And it seems so often when trainers have two horses, the longer price wins anyway. So 
it's a 20 cent minimum, which I hate because that means everyone's spreading. So you catch a price and it doesn't even matter because it's like, oh, yeah, I, I had a 12 to one shot. Oh, so did I. So did I had the whole track at it because they're able to use half the field because it's 20 cent minimum. So I'm probably going to use both of them, but I'll definitely bet more on the five. And that'll be my key here. As far as in the pick five, as far as vertical betting goes, I'm definitely going to have a five, eight box. I shouldn't say definitely. I'll look at the odds, but unless they're crazy short. The problem is when you bend exact to the same trainer, a lot of times people will bet it. So you got to check and the odds are not that good. But assuming the odds are reflective of the morning line and they're not over bet because they're both Cassies, I'll be on the five, eight. I would bet an exacta box uh, at these prices. Definitely maybe bet extra with the five on top, but that would be a five, eight exacta box for me. That's probably the only exactts I would bet here. The only thing is, I guess my next horse would be the two or the four for the price. Um, so I'm not really going to talk handicapping about the two and four, but I upgraded both of their last starts. I thought the two collecting, and now I'm going to talk about them, but I'll do it real quick. The two collective ladder, at least it was a decent pace in that catch a glimpse and, you know, was pressured. So I thought it ran okay. And maybe if the one, I know you said you think the one will go from the rail, but if the one decides not to go, the two could get away. But I think the five S speed and the eight S speed, if I had that bad start last time. So I, I don't think the two will get away, but he's a horse I might use. And then the four, I might use another maiden. I'm going to pick these maidens and stakes races, but got cut off after the start really badly about two lengths. I made a nice move to close, um, got uh, to come close to the lead, basically got right up to the leaders and then just didn't have enough left, but I had to overcome that start. Uh, Kevin Attard is, is having a great meet and a great year. Rafael Hernandez. I can't do it the way that uh, Robert Geller does. I should let you do it. You want to, Jump in. Yeah. It looked like you did. Let, Go ahead. Let, let me give it a try. Rafael Hernandez. No. No. I think it's Rafael. I-L. Rafael. Rafael. Yeah, but you and made him an angry Frenchman it, instead of an Australian. Uh, That's and then it, but then his last name is Hernandez. Yes, exactly. The silent <laughs> H. Hernandez. <laughs> so the, the more I look at it, the more I like the four than the two. So what would I do? Well, because the four is 15 to one, even though I said I'm boxing five, eight, I would also box four, five, eight, because when you, ha- I'm not a huge, like three, four horse box, uh, you know, the exact, but when you have prices like this, it's okay. So I'm four, five, eight, exact the box, mostly five, eight, no extra. Uh, I would bet triples. I would actually box the triple, then put the five on top a lot more. So I do like four, five, eight, triple box. I do five, eight with four, five, eight with four, five, eight. Then I do five, eight with five, eight with four. And then I do extra. And again, you can do 20 cents, 40 cents. And then I do the five on top of the four, eight. And then I do five with eight with four. So basically I'm having it a bunch of times. If the five wins, I have it more with him on top. I have the eight and second more and the four and third more, if that makes sense. I might throw in the two for a third also in those triples. So something like five, eight with four, five, eight with two, four, five, eight, something around there. Uh, I could even do five with two, four, eight with two, four, eight with two, four, eight. And the supers will look similar. I'm going to try and beat the one Cairo consort. Not that I'm against the horse, but try and beat him in a short price. And we're going to try and beat the six, who also nothing wrong with the six for the uh, Kevin Attard also. I'm um, hoping that I have the longer shot Attard. I mentioned before, the longer price usually wins, it seems. Uh, I just didn't find an excuse for Wickenhauser last time. Uh, right against some of the same horses. Had a decent setup, just got outrun. I don't know why I'm going to bet that horse this time unless the horse you know, had a cold that day or something. I don't know why you'd you know, change. Uh, I know it was the favorite last time. So now you're going to get a little better price, but I hope the horse is three to one. I think you'll get a higher price on that horse though than three to one. I, I hope not. So my point is, I think the one and six are going to, I hope they take money. I don't know how much they will, 
But there's a race I like because not only do I like a six to one and a 12 to one and a little bit of 15 to one, I don't really love the two to one and three to one. So what I'll do is I'll eliminate the one and six from my bets. I'll key the five and eight on top. And then I mentioned like triples and supers. What I'll end up doing actually in the end is in that third spot in the super uh, triples, maybe, and definitely in the, the supers, I'll throw in the other horses, the two, I already mentioned two, four, but I'll throw in the three. Uh, and I don't, I don't think the seven has a chance. So the three is the only other horse I should say I'd throw in. Um, so what I said before, the same thing, but now I throw in three, maybe for third and triples and maybe, uh, you know, third and fourth and supers. I hope that wasn't too confusing. I hope it made sense, but there's a race I definitely will bet unless like the five goes off of, like two to one or something like that and something crazy, in which case I'll adjust. And if the eight's 12 to one and the five's two to one, I'll just key the eight and forget about, you know, not forget the five, but uh, I'll just key the eight on top mostly in, in all my bets and, and the four more than the five because the five would be too short. Again, sometimes when I'm talking quick like that, it's a little confusing, but hopefully that made sense to people. I guess on a podcast, you can go back and replay it. So, uh, and you can change the playback speed to slow, but you probably don't want to hear what I'm saying. So you want to skip ahead here. GQ, anything else on race 10 before we go to the finale? No, let's go to the finale. Right. So this is one of the few races where I looked at the race, race 11. This is a non-stakes. This is a optional 32 claimer non-winners of one and before i say what it was about to one thing i don't like about woodbine is they have so many of these like oc40k and that's it i don't know is it a 1x and non-winners of two non-winners i have no clue this is like right there which i like you can actually see the condition it's a non-winners of one other than or it's optional claimer so you can have your horse for a thirty-two thousand dollar tag which i think only the seven is up for oh and the 11 are up for the tag. So the other ones have not won a race other than Maiden Special Weight or, uh, well, that's it. Other than Maiden Special Weight, they haven't won another race. Uh, I'm looking at the conditions. No one really cares. But anyway, there might have been like a minimum amount of money you had to win for. So looking at this race, I, I didn't love too many horses. I think this is the one of the more wide open races on the card. I think most people will spread here. So if you can cut down it's a good race to cut down, but before we decide who we're going to cut with and the prices we like, we're going to go to uh, the GQ plot. GQ, pace. Oh, maybe the pace projector will help you narrow down. Your, Probably not, your but you can try. Because we, we we have a field of 12 with one AE, uh, and I only came up with two horses who will be, you know, out for the lead so if one of those gets scratched then all of a sudden in my mind in my uh pace projector we have lone speed so unfortunately one of those is uh the seven horse big band uh <laughs> is that luzzy and luzzy well the mom is luzzy Ann, so uh, it's named after the mom not the jockey but that horse could yeah. be named after mike who knows probably not though <laughs> Right. Uh, and then uh, I also have the eight Spikestown Cheryl as a speed because she's stretching back out after a few uh, uh, one turn sprints. So I have those two as the uh, early pace. I only have one as far as uh, tactical speed, and that would be the six horse uh, Gullyful. Gull Guileful, maybe. Is it guile, maybe? No, he's, it, 
Yeah, or is the L E silent? Um, I don't think it's silent. I don't know where you came up with that. <laughs> like, oh, French, you know, like if it, you know, French L E uh, is just. Like, I think it's like a double L in that case, whatever. but I don't know. So Guile. All right, so that that's the William uh, Thompson. The owner stalker. doesn't sound French, so through tactical speed um and then we have a plethora of just kind of plotters mid-pack runners uh starting with the one english biscuit the two richie's noble the three i honey the uh five horse five two favorite i guess Lido key um and then uh we have the nine horse who say is also a mid-pack type and the 13, if he gets in, uh, Eskimo, uh, or I'm sorry, Erasimo's girl, uh, they're the um, mid-pack uh, runners. And then we have a quartet of closers, which are the four, Gabby Squared, I, Gabby Gaudette Squared. How would you like to have that? Gabby, Gabby Squared. Uh, and then the three outside horses, the 10, Miss Marie. Uh, the 11, Halvin, Hal, Vera, Halvin, Vera, Halvin, Vera, and the 12, Anne of Cleves. So if the seven or the eight uh, scratch out, well, it could possibly be a lone speed scenario. And the, the, the interesting thing about this race is, is you know, based on the condition, half of the horses, there are six horses in here who have only beat maidens. They're 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 eligible for strictly nine winners of two. Whereas there are six other ones or seven other ones in here who've beaten winners multiple times. So um I think that's interesting. And it's not like these nine winners of two have only run a couple times. They've all run at least eight, nine times or more and proven that they haven't been able to beat winners yet. So um, there's an angle possibly tossing. I don't know. So what's your opinion? Yeah, well, you mentioned something important about scratches. You know, we're talking about a race a couple of days out. I, I've said the story before, so I'll say it real quick, but um, handicapper John Conti, people might know him from that handicapping show on Animal Planet, he was a local guy, lived in my area here, and he used to go to an OTB that I would go to, and I'd hear him make his bets, and then i look at his sheet, because he used to put out a sheet that OTB in Nassau County on Long Island would, would copy at all the OTBs and give out as like, you know, the tip sheet to everyone if you want to take it, and he'd bet things that weren't on his sheet, and I'd be like, what is this guy doing? He's like lying to people, he's writing the 482, and he's betting the 1-7. The Maybe he was just, you know, putting anything out because he didn't care, but at the same time, maybe, you know, the odds change the opinion, scratches changes. Like I remember last week we did Kentucky Downs races and Delica, I like Princess Grace more than Delica, but then what was it? Lady, Spite Spear, whatever the horse's name was, scratched. And on paper, Delica is a lone speed, goes off like five to two or something like that. Princess Grace is a favorite. I'm like, yeah, I mean, nuts to bet Princess Grace against um, uh, Delica is a lone speed, even though I like Princess Grace better. And unfortunately, I'm at a wedding. I couldn't really look and I wasn't even getting service at the wedding. It was like in Rye, New York. Not that it's like, I mean, that's a fairly suburban area. It's not like a rural area, but I just wasn't getting service. I had to like walk out of the wedding and go to the front and 
then everyone was there. So I couldn't uh, even throw my phone there. I was being anyway. So scratches matter. So yes, if seven or eight scratch and you know, the other ones alone speed here, then upgrade that horse chances, chances probably. So who do I like here? There's two horns I like, but it's really interesting because this is really like a, a class level clinic almost. I don't know what word to use, but every horse is coming from like different class levels. You have the one who's coming out of a race with a few other horses in here. Uh, is a handicap for 25,000, a starter handicap. You have a couple of horses coming out of the same level. You have a couple of claimers, like open 25s coming out of it, like the four and seven. So it's really a, a challenge as far as class goes. And I tend to usually lean on the class horses because if I can't really decide in a race, I'd rather have horses who have been going against better horses because they're not going to look as good against the better horses. Now they're going against weaker. And I didn't necessarily go with that this race, at least my top choice. So the horse, believe it or not, that I well, there's two horses I like the most, but um, the one I like the most because of the price is the four, Gabby Squared, who you mentioned. Uh, well, you mentioned everyone, but you made emphasis <laughs> on this horse because of the name. And I get uh, who, who's on Gabby Squared? I can't say my handwriting. Raphael. Oh, you blew it again. Raphael. 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 Oh, okay. Anyway, we'll, I'm trying we'll to find say, out. Yeah, tomorrow, you're better on Florent Giroux. You knew that one a little better. <laughs> wow, uh, you're actually giving me credit that Florent Giroux. We'll work on. You don't watch a lot of uh, Robert Geller at Woodbine. We'll have to have you watch. <laughs> Hopefully, he'll be in the winner's circle a couple times late because I'll be happy here. Uh, Gabby scores twenty to one. This is a horse who two back. I can't read what I wrote, but oh, two back. He ran in the twenty-five. This is on July twenty-third. He ran that twenty-five thousand non-winners of three race, which is a weaker race in this, but. And I'm not a huge time guy, which is why, you know, speed figures are based on time. So obviously that matters. That's why I'm, well, I use speed figures. I like to adjust them and all. I'm not just looking at speed figures, but Gabby Squared on July 23rd ran the same time as the race at this level on July 23rd that someone like the seven horse, Big Band Louisiana is coming out of. The race at this level, 32K, non-winners of one, that race went in 144 and two on July 23rd. Gabby Square's race went in 144 and two, and she won easily. Now, against weaker, but she won easily. So the time was sim the same. Yeah, the class was lower. It helped. I'm like, all right, so, you know, whatever. Okay, she ran fine, but stepping up in class. Then last time she ran against Big Bad Louisiane, and the race was an open claimer. I don't know. It was a weaker race by the numbers as far as like the claiming level. Instead of 32, it was 25. But I didn't think it was that much weaker than this race based on the odds that these horses were. And I'm sure it was. But I thought the Gabby Squared ran a nice race. Brushed the gate, which it doesn't say. Uh, it was a weird race, too, because you had an 11-1 shot just run off on the lead. And the next horse was like, you know, several. Well, you can see Big Band Louisiana, the seven, was seven lengths back in second. So I didn't think it favored closers or speed. It was just a weird race. I thought Gabby Squared ran well. I thought she ran well the race before. I think she's as good as anyone here. And she's 20 to 1. <laughs> Sign me up. The other horse is the 8, uh, Spitestown Sherl. You mentioned with the speed. The last race actually had a perfect trip. I usually don't bet horses off of perfect trips. It was a similar level race. It was an optional 50. That was the two lifetime. So... I guess maybe it's a little weaker because even though the claiming price is higher, that was not what it was in two lifetimes. So every horse had one win in the field. 
in this race, even though they might have done it at lower levels, you mentioned there's a couple of horses who have three wins or whatever. So I don't know. It's a similar level. She had a perfect trip. However, it was off a long, long layoff, an 11-month layoff. I would think the horse might have needed a race and should run better. And she was very good last year. So based on that, I think this horse is going to jump up and run a nice race. So I'm on the 4-8 here. There's other words I can talk about, but I don't want to talk too much handicapping. I already did. I want to talk betting. So GQ, I'll throw it over to you. Uh, but I like the four, Gabby Square, the eight, Spitestown, Sherl, the most here in race 11. The, the interesting thing is Spitestown, Sherl, if you get anywhere close to that six to one, it'll be the longest odds that she will have gone off in her lifetime. I mean, she eight won't be starts. that big. She won't be. Right. I hope she, so. <laughs> I mean, she's been the fave, but. She's been the short price betting favorite six out of her eight starts. Five of those times she's been beaten because she's only won once. And the the longest price was when she ran in a grade three. She went off at three to one. So if she, well, you'll be happy if you get four to one, right? <laughs> uh, I think I'll get four to one. But I don't um, know much more than that. going to so, be the second or third choice at most. Yeah. I'll, yeah, I'm going to disappoint everybody out there. I really didn't come up with any anyone. I thought Cheryl Spikes, you know, had a second notice, but like you said, you make an argument that she was very good uh, last year and coming off of uh, just that one race sets her up nicely to improve. <sighs> Another outside uh, horse, 15 to 1 on the outside is the 12 horse and of Cleves, Kevin Nichols, a 9% uh, rider at uh, Woodbine. He's given this horse a good ride every time he's been on, on the horse. And that last race, he's 15 to 1 because of that last race. And, you know, he he closes. So, again, you know, the, the GQ pace projection doesn't set up for a closer. But if you know the earth stands still and it's a it's a moderate or it's an honest pace of any of the closers i'd give it to the 12 and of cleaves uh 15 to 1 and probably go off all 15 to 1 and this is on the inner turf there and uh some good handicappers i was fortunate enough to hang out with uh this summer up there uh I mentioned doug mcpherson before and tommy masses who's been with us a bunch of times too they insist this is like a unique course and you know, I, I would think they would say, uh, see how horses have run over it and all because it is a little different. The inner, I'm not as big into that. Uh, I know it's a little tighter turns and stuff, but they know the track much better than me. So that's something you may want to take into consideration here. A lot of them have run on this uh, inner turf course, some well, some not so well. Uh, all right. So how would I bet this race? Obviously, I said I like the four and the eight the most. When you like two horses, now I'm thinking if the eight, six to one, it changes things a little bit. Assuming the eight's like four or five to one, I guess, six to one won't change it that much. Assuming the four is about 20 to one. When I was younger, if I liked two horses and I liked one or three horses and I like one a little more, but not that much more, I would just go with the one I liked a little more regardless of the price. So if I liked a four to one, in this case, five to one, whatever, and a, a long shot, and I'm like, eh, maybe I like the, the shorter price a little better. I would just take that horse and key that horse. But as I've gotten a little better at this game, uh, I just key the bigger price. So because I like the four and eight similar, I'm going to key the four because he's going to be, or she's going to be a much, much bigger price. So I have a lot of horses I think could win this race. 
the I'll just mention one, two, five, six, seven, ten, twelve. That's like seventy uh, plus a four and eight. So I'm like, that's like nine horses I mentioned. So how would I bet it? Well, if we're talking exactas, I definitely have a four eight exacta box. That would be my biggest exacta box. So if you're not a big better, could just be a few bucks or whatever. I do some key boxes though too. I put the four with a bunch of horses, um, five, six, seven, the ones I like kind of the most here out of the others, but the five and seven are the short prices. But because I have that 20 to one, I might do it uh, a small key box for with those horses. I might want to put four with some of the other. So I'll have it like a dollar, $2 key box exacta for 20 to one shot with a bunch of horses that I think have a chance here. So if he comes first or she comes first or second to four, I'm going to hit something. Triples, what I'll do is, and again, I hit this 20 cents because it kills your price with long shots, but uh, I'll key the four first and second, maybe even third with a bunch of horses. So maybe four over the five, six, seven, eight, over the five, six, seven, eight and triples, then move the four to second, maybe even third if, if she's that big of a price. So I'll have a bunch of horses with the four. Then what I'll do is I'll put the four and eight together. I'll key them together. So I'll have a bunch of triples where four and eight have to be in the top three. And then I'll have so many other horses with them. So maybe like four, five, eight, four, six, eight, four, seven, eight, one, four, eight, two, four, eight, things like that. I'll do a bunch of those where I need the four and eight first and second in the triple. And I'll do pretty much the same thing in the supers. I'll key the four over a bunch of horses in the super. Probably move the four around second, maybe even third. I don't know, fourth, depending on how much it costs, depending on how many horses I use. And then I'll link the four and eight in the supers also, where I need the four and eight to come in uh, together with a bunch of other horses. So like four, eight with four, eight with a bunch of other horses with a bunch of other horses, third and fourth. And then four, eight with a bunch of horses with four, eight with a bunch of horses. And maybe I'll move the four, eight to fourth also. So four, eight first, a bunch of horses second, a bunch of horses third, four, eight fourth. You kind of get the idea here. So I might do a little of that, or I might just say, screw it. I'll just key the four on top and second and not key the four with the eight to save money. But I would likely do a little of both. If you're a smaller better, you don't want to invest that much. Decide, do I just want to key the long shot or key them together if you like? And again, not that you have to like my horses, but if you have a long shot and then another horse who's a little bit of a price too, you know, I'd want to have both of them. If the eight ends up going off like three to one, five to two, I would just key the four. I still use the eight with him, I think, but I would really just key the four and, forget where I said linking them up together. Uh, but that's kind of how I would approach vertically betting this. As far as the pick five goes, I'll use the four and eight. I might, again, it's 20 cents. It's so easy to spread. I might just stick with the four eight here. Uh, if I do that, then I feel okay using uh, the two chalks in that earlier race we talked about, uh, Super Sensational and uh, Spite Spear. I don't know, have to, you know, Poison in America called Spite Spear. It's like Hanover. The uh, party stores are all Hanovers, <laughs> Spite Stown, Spite Spear, all this. Maybe Spite Spear. There's a uh, Spite Sherl, Spite, whatever. So anyway, uh, I can use those two favorites when I know in that 10th race in the Talma, I'm only using the five at six to one, the eight at 12 to one. So I'm only using two prices in race 10. I'm only using two prices probably in race 11, the four and eight. Again, I might spread for 20 cents or something if I have prices in this race, but then really key on the 4-8 extra, or I just might go 4-8. My point is that it's okay if I'm a little chalky or you know, not perfect early because if I'm only using two words in race 10 and two words in race 11 and then all prices, it's okay if you're a little imperfect earlier, I think. Uh, and then just last thing, betting-wise, I will definitely be betting doubles. Um, threes, I'll try and bet some from race nine, but... Race nine, if you remember, was a Woodbine Mile. I didn't have a great feel for that race. So 
I'm not sure, but it would be silly not to have some pick threes with the horses I like here. But in the um in the double from race ten, I usually the 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 shorter the horizontal, meaning like a double compared to a pick three, the shorter I get in the amount of horses I use. Generally speaking, there's always exceptions. So in a pick three, generally I'll do like one by two by one or one by two by two, something like that. One by three by one, whatever it is. I don't spread that much. In a double, I'll spread even less. Oftentimes, I'm just one horse by one horse or two horses by one horse and rarely more. But when you're talking prices, it's okay to go a little more. Um, so 5-8 to me in, in race 10, I mentioned the two Cassies with the 4-8 here, assuming the morning lines are accurate. So I'll have doubles 5-8 into the 4-8. And then I'll probably bet more with the 5 in race 10 because I, I just think the 5 is winning that race. So 5 with the 4-8, a little extra. And I might also do extra with the four. So five, eight with the four, because the four is such a good price in the last race. So I'll have that one more. So I'm really hoping to cash in these, these last two raids. I'm going to have to stay up late there uh, until six o'clock, whatever it is to get these bets in. Hope I'm not broke by then, but I really like race 10, 11, uh, more race 10. Cause I have a strong feel in race 10 race 11 is more it's open, but I think the price has a chance. So it's not like I'm in love with the four. I just think she has as good a chance as anyone. She's going to be a price. All right, so I rambled again. Hopefully, made some sense and helped some people and how they approach betting these races. If you want, I'm I'm at Vandis BB on Twitter at Horse Racing Nut is my partner GQ. Feel free to reach out, and some people do. I get some DMs here and there, uh, asking betting questions and all. Or if you disagree, even and you just want to talk about it, I'm not perfect. Listen, I'm you know I'm I'm still learning too. I've improved a lot the last few years, and uh, I thank people who have helped me. So I'm just trying to pay it forward a little bit and hopefully helping people and not giving them bad advice because. Unfortunately, there you know some people might feel I'm giving bad advice. There's just so much bad betting advice out there. It's not even funny. It's it's kind of sickening. Uh, and good handicappers uh, a lot of times, but terrible betting advice. And that's what I learned for 20 years until I learned from people who actually know. So hopefully this helps. GQ, you want to uh, wrap up the race or the sequence or anything? No, I. That's all I got. I know. I think. I think we went kind of long today with my pace projections and your analysis and whatever. But hopefully, everybody stuck in there with us. And um, I'm off to Laurel at Pimlico this weekend. Very nice. So, which track are you go to, Pimlico? <laughs> Don't go to Laurel. <laughs> I will. I will be at Pimlico with all the horsemen hating life, wishing that they were back at uh, Pimlico. Since I but, haven't, um, I, I... that's why I was going to. No, go ahead. I was going to say, I haven't followed. I, I usually follow Maryland fairly closely, but I really haven't since the spring, uh, mostly because Saratoga, Kentucky Downs, it's not the time I bet uh, Maryland racing. I'll get more into it now, uh, including I'll, I'll probably be down there for Maryland Millions. But why are they at Pimlico? I don't even have a clue. Is it track again, or are they doing something? I don't, I, I, I should know this, but I I think it's just uh, it, that was part of the days oh. that they agreed upon. Um, I think last year they did it because of the Laurel track maintenance, uh, which was actually kept being pushed out. But maybe they, they are doing some maintenance at Laurel and since they have the two-week break for um, Timonium. They probably took advantage of it and said, well, let's just make it five weeks. So um, uh, Pimlico is running for three weeks. Uh, so... They, they run this weekend and then next weekend. Then they're back to Laurel and then the whatever 
Saturday it is the 15th, 16th, something like that, 17th. That's Maryland Million Day. So, but no, I, I, I like Pimlico because you can sit outside. They have a nice mezzanine. It kind of is elevated. You can see down the stretch and it's just more conducive to summertime racing. You just hope a title doesn't fall on your head. That's the only problem or the structure doesn't fall down. Other than exactly. that, it's beautiful. Yes. You, you, you try to stay outside at all times. <laughs> Uh, were you going to say anything else before we wrap up? That's, I know no, you were going off that's all. That's all. All right. Well, and thank no, you out there. No, I, oh, that's, that's it. That's all. I got. All right. Uh, that, that's it. You can say say you're you're closing. All right. Well, you're like uh, if you remember a minute and a half ahead of me, but we're having conversations, so got thrown off there for a moment. But anyway, thank you all for bearing with us. I hope you enjoyed it. Good luck. Whether you're betting Woodbine, whether you're betting. Pimlico at Laurel, Laurel at Pimlico, you're betting Belmont and Aqueduct, wherever you are, just make sure you go to the right track if you're driving there. We appreciate you listening. Look forward to talking to you next week. Good luck. Ta-ta.